It's time for the one and only podcast dedicated oh, 68% to the greatest game in the world. The two half squads. No, I'm... advanced squad leader. Oh, oh, the greatest game in the world. Okay. Start. Rewind. <laughs> the greatest game in the world. Advanced squad leader. I wasn't really paying attention. I'm Dave. I'm Jeff. And we are your hosts. And with the most. Two half squad. I guess we didn't do that. That's our usual thing. We didn't do that last episode. Right. We went yeah. right into that, that's I realized be it the later. First time. And this is show two twenty one. Yes, it is. Ooh, next show two twenty two. Can we play the theme song from Room Two Twenty Two? Oh yeah, with Lloyd Haynes. I don't even remember Karen Valentine. Karen, I remember that. And Michael Constantine. No, I don't remember. I did like that show. Can you tell? Yeah. Do, was there a theme song? <laughs> yeah. It had to be. Next show. Next yeah, show. Next show. We'll do it. But for this show, Jeffrey. This show, we are talking about Advanced Squad Leader like we do every show. How about that? And we want to remind everybody, we do have another podcast called Spine and Sprocket, which along with the two half squads, those two shows are the best podcasts on the internet. Absolutely are. And Spine and Sprocket is a show all about books and movies. The movies made from books and the books written about the movies. So, very good show. Last one we did was... So memorable. Yes. <laughs> no, was come it Brid- on. Bridge on the River Kwai? Was it? Book and movie, maybe? We did, well, we did that, and I thought maybe something oh, and then else. and then we did the um, Make Room, Make Room, yes, which was that made was into... Soil and Green. Green, of course. That was and the last one. We'll, we'll go ahead and... Great show. Reveal. Do the big reveal now. Soil and Green is dogs. Soylent no. Green is dogs! <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, you know, I would point out to you that long ago, to be specific, it was sent to us by a listener that I swore I just saw on our news feed here. Yes, on June 22nd, 2018, listener Dawson... Mr. Dawson said, Spine and Sprocket is great. True Grit by Charles Portis in the 1969 and 2010 films are great choices for a review. And so... We're announcing what, Jeff? We are announcing that our next Spine and Sprocket episode will be True Grit. Thank you very much, Chris Dawson. Yeah, great. Uh, That's a very good suggestion, and we... Snapped that up right away. We're reading the book right away, half a year later. Yeah, oh, yeah, that that wasn't too bad. That's not too bad. 2018, yeah, Yeah. it could have been like 2015. I wouldn't be surprised. So, if anybody else has uh, good ideas for books and movies that we could do, we'd like to hear. Sure, I have been watching uh, classic movies. I've decided that since I work from home much of the time during my lunch, I'm going to start watching classic movies. Well. There's so many classic movies. Which ones do I pick? How long is your lunch? I usually take, I usually don't take a lunch, but I've started. Now I'm 62 years old. I figured I'd start taking lunch. So when I'm home, I take about a half an hour. Are you 62? Yeah. Don't I look great, though? <laughs> you do look great. I look great. fantastic. I feel fantastic <laughs> as well. So, and I just started this a few weeks ago. And the first movie I the movie I started with was Khartoum, a nineteen maybe sure. sixty three version uh, I, year movie with 
Mr. Charlton Heston. I love wargaming my 15 millimeter um, Victorian England armies. I have the Dervish and the Patans. Was that was that their was those the guys they were fighting in Khartoum? No, they were, were they, they were fighting Arabs. Well, yeah, but not uh, weren't they the they I don't fuzzy wuzzies or no. They didn't call them that. Sudan somewhere. Oh, it, Khartoum is... It, yeah, it is in Sudan. Yeah. But they didn't call them that. But And, you know, I didn't really look up the history, the actual history upon which yeah. the movie was I, based. I, they so. could be in a different region that I'm thinking, yeah. too. Or or maybe they were mixed in there. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I, I love that. The British, right? We you yeah. love it, too. Great, Zulu. great movie. I have, so, have you seen my Zulu armies in 15? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Did you yeah. see them? They're, oh, I've seen them. Yeah, they're they're, cool. they look great. All the shields the same yeah. color design, like giraffe, and then the guys with all the. I know they're historically accurate, so I don't know if giraffe was in there, but uh, it. Yeah, I yeah. gotta get those out again. Yeah, play some sword in the flame. Miniatures roll. And I have you seen the movie cartoon? No, it's a very good movie up until the end. Because, spoiler alert. Should I? Yeah. Yeah, you should. Once we said spoiler well, it, alert. I guess it's historically accurate, at least pretty historically I mean, accurate. I'll watch it for the history and the drama and the excitement. Yeah, and and that's all great. You, knowing the end doesn't take anything away from that. It's a beautiful, beautifully filmed super Panavision or something like that. It was the widest aspect ratio filming they had ever done. And it, never been, it hadn't been done since then until... Peter Jackson was it? Uh, did it for? Did he know? Maybe for Mortal Engines or something, or somebody did it. Oh man, I looked it up and now I can't remember. Anyway, yeah. it's very widescreen, so, beautifully filmed. So when you watch it, beautiful at home, it's all the tall, skinny people. They're all mushed together. No, I, no, I watched it in the widescreen. Okay. Mode. So there's black on the top and the bottom of the screen, but. It looks great. Filmed in the desert. Beautiful locations. Some great lines by Charlton Heston, none of which I can remember. Really interesting plot. And it's made out of dogs. He's he's fighting against the Get the your hands off me, you damn dirty, dirty. fuzzy wuzzies. Yes. <laughs> you dervish. And the head the head um protagonist is played by Laurence Olivier, who's playing the Mahdi, who is a great spiritual leader mm-hmm. of the Arabs and was going to sort of conquer the world. I wasn't not familiar with this history at all. The only reason I am is wargaming. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. And Zulu. You, know, yeah. you watch Zulu, then you want to build some British armies and Zulus, and then you're kind of like, well, what else do I do with my British? Oh, they fought all over. Yeah. And uh, the fight scenes were beautiful. Though it looked like a lot of horses got hurt, and I actually read that a mm. lot of horses did get hurt. Mm. Mm. Yeah, are you okay? Sorry. <laughs> I just had an event of the day on the board. The Society for Protection of Animals, right? Yeah. Remember they wrote Peta? us that scathing letter when we... Yes. Well, that was the people for ethical treatment. Oh, that's right. This is the one. Is this is this only a Hollywood one? Um, Society for cruel, pre- Prevention Cruelty. Of SPCA. Yeah, that one. Um, and the kids, I'm like, so when you watch old movies, and I told them examples, like, of a horse going off a cliff, it's probably a real horse going unwillingly yeah. off a cliff. Yeah. And they were all like, what? Yeah. Yeah. 
So go on. Sorry. Apparently, there were quite a few horses that were critically injured. It's only and a had horse. to be put down. Yeah, <laughs> Dave the animal lover. It's only a horse, but it was a good effect. Anyway, a good movie all around. Uh, I didn't love the soundtrack, but that was the only thing I could say that I that I didn't really enjoy. Anyway, it got to the end. Charlton Heston has done all of these very heroic things to protect the city of Khartoum from these hordes who are really determined to come in and slaughter everybody. He did what he could. They broke in. There's a there's a big scene as they swarm the palace. Yeah, yeah. Charlton Heston comes out, walks halfway down the stairs, and somebody throws a spear at him. Hits him right in the heart. Ow! He falls over. Much like at the end of Omega Man, where he's speared oh, through the heart. did he take the Christ-like pose? He kind of did. Well, no, exploded. he just fell into the off-screen. Okay. And that was the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of disappointing. I think that's now, probably why it's not considered, it's not a huge film anymore. If that's historically accurate. Yeah. Would you be glad they did it that way rather than have him go down killing 48 with his <sighs> bayonet while they all slash at him heroically go down? Honestly, I kind of just wish they made a whole piece of fiction that would have a better ending. Really? Yeah. Boy, listeners, there's a conversation yeah. for you to have at home. Just don't even say that it's historical. Just say, this is sort of based on events that happened, but we've embellished them and turned it out. May had it turn out much better. Huh. The interesting thing historically is that when this man Gordon, General Gordon, was killed at Khartoum, and the Mahdi was supposed to be taking over all of the Middle East and then all of the world, the Mahdi died Two months later, nobody knows how he died, but he died, and so his uprising sort of wilted, and yeah, that's right. Things went back as as they were, so kind of makes the whole thing futile. But futile, futile, not frutal and not fruitful. Futile, like futile medieval England, like futile. Oh, yeah, not futile. So I recommend it. Just skip the ending. <laughs> I really enjoyed it, except for the ending. Well, you know, I, we finished um, John Adams last night, Megan and I. And oh, Laura, did you finish? Right up to the death scenes. and Did he die or is he still alive? Spoiler alert. Oh. He and Jefferson both die. On which day? Which day? Oh. Everyone knows this, don't they? I, I'm sure I've read this, but 4th of July. Yep. Is you got right? it. Same year? Yep. No kidding. Same day. Wow. And year. And second no i didn't really <laughs> didn't really know did they fall on the same sword or what and happened <laughs> this oh, guy came in and speared him yeah speared it was so both. disappointing i'm like where did this guy just appear from and throw a spear at john yeah. adams it's the ending was horrible so, <laughs> so <laughs> he just walked over from one set to the other and, and you know what his john adams last words were Soylent Green is porpoises. <laughs> Soylent Green is porpoises. <laughs> he, it was no. Je- Jefferson still lives. Oh, they yeah. were rivals, weren't they? Is but, that right? Yeah, remember now? So when we were in Florida, I was with the youth retreat in Florida, remember? Yeah. I finished the book. 
the actual huge long book. And it was very meaningful that I even sent you a, a, a snap. No, yeah, a uh, poll Marco Polo. With me. Remember reading yeah. the parts and my, wearing my do-rag? Yes. You looked great, by the and, way. And, <laughs> thanks. I should post a picture of that. You should. I remember it was it was just they were they had become political rivals and the political rivalry was horrible. I think we talk about this on our show. I think yeah, possibly. But at the end, they're writing letters to each other. Did we talk about this part too? No, maybe no, no. Um, sorry, listeners. <laughs> Let's pretend like we didn't. And yeah, he described you know their friendship and the one was how they talked about everything and politics and. The French and the Revolution and the meaning of this and that. And so I read that to Jeff, everyone, because I was reminded of Jeff and I. We're a lot like Jeff. Is that a tear in your eye? It is. And and so I thought Jeff was more like Jefferson because I'm more prone to get a little more emotional a little bit about stuff. And uh, and that's what they were saying in these letters they were writing. And then they're pondering very much life and, and stuff at the end of. And Adams was aware that everyone around him was dying. So when he looks at Trumbull's painting of the sign of the Declaration, one, he's concerned it's not historically accurate, much like people who watch Khartoum. (laughs) And he also says, you know, they weren't all in the same room ever at the same time signing this document, right? Oh, is that right? Correct. Absolutely. Oh, the painting's better. (laughs) It's better than real life. Well, it does kind of give people the wrong impression. Oh, it definitely does. Whenever you put that painting anywhere, you should definitely talk about how it wasn't, you know, they signed it at different times. It's a portrait. What are you going to do? Put up a sign and, you know, this is a beautiful, well, at the art gallery, this is beautiful, but it's crap. <laughs> yeah, they were flying in at different times to sign it. The British were yeah. coming. It was Fake still... news. This is fake <laughs> yeah. news. So anyway, then uh, he, he, he looked at it and said, everyone's gone. Except Jefferson and I, everyone's everyone's gone, and the whole portrait. You know. So I'm getting pensive of yeah. my own impending doom. These but. are the good old days, aren't they? They are. Would you recommend that book? And would you recommend the series? Because I I watched, I only saw little bits of the series here and there. I, it, is it worth watching? Yes, but slow. Hmm. So you have to have the right mindset. Mm-hmm. And the book, yes, but detailed. So early on, I was, I did actually skip a little bit if he started describing a local person in too yeah. much detail. It wasn't much body arms, but it is the definitive history, I think. Yeah, of it. So you know, you will learn a lot. And um, and again, that day I was reading in Florida. I think it was the the atmosphere. I had time. I was on that trip. I couldn't do anything around the house, you know, to where I. And I, so I don't know if the writing was better at the end or if I was absorbing it a lot better. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. It's hard to sit. It's hard for me. I'm sure it's harder for most people to really sit down and do deep reading anymore because our minds are just all over the place and. There are too, so many distractions. Yeah, phones ringing, and my only questions pop into my head. Like, what did Charlton Heston say at the end of Cartoon? <laughs> it was something like "ow," something like that. "Ow," <laughs> it was probably "ow." Ow, oh, there's a spear in my chest. Yeah, so many distractions. Anyway, speaking of distractions, it's let's talk time about for... ASL. I think it's time for. Oh, first, can we forgot us uh, our sponsor last year? We're gonna 
last show, we're going to rip them off and only do. We forgot a very big sponsor, Bounding, Bounding Fire, Fire Productions. Productions. One of our favorites. Which just recently came out with Corrigador, and that was being played at the Open. And how did that look? Cool. Yeah. It looked very, very cool. And it was Wes's friend, who I'm still can't come up with his name, came Mr. over. Mr. We interviewed them both together. It was yeah. a great interview. Um, and uh, he came over and was recounting the game to us, very excited about yeah. how it went down. So Bounding Fire Productions. Great product. Great product. Get over to their website right away and buy their stuff. And, you know, Rich was talking at lunch about third-party products, and everybody was saying how there's so much to do, they don't get them all or whatever. And I went ahead and asked Rich just, what third-party products do you prefer? He gets them all, right, like I do. Well, almost. I don't get them all. But uh, which ones are the best that you then would take your time to play? And guess what he said? Bounding Fire Productions. Bounding Fire Productions. Yeah. Some of the top quality products coming out with research, historically researched. Yeah. Historically accurate, very well designed, tested, tested, tested. So they have all their scenarios are great, balanced, fun to play. A wide variety of products from Pacific to Eastern Front and everything in between. Yeah, including Corrigador now, their recent most recent one, beautiful product, well yeah, designed. Somebody, and Sam, they got Sam Tyson. This can't beat that with you, the stick. Yeah, they got Sam Tyson. Enough said. <laughs> Chaz Smith doing the research. We have to interview Chaz. Contact us. And another sponsor. If you needed color counters to play, you would go to Broken, Broken Ground Design. And use their wonderful color counters. I have the three partisan sets, my favorite, because they're by region. You've got your European, Eastern, and Western as separate counters of color schemes to use with the artwork. They really look more like the French partisans versus the Soviet partisans, right? Yeah. Great stuff. you got your Berserker counters back in red, which I've been using now. People li- And Dave Timmon likes it. So guy goes berserk. And he's like, oh, look for the red counter. Get the yeah. red counter. <laughs> Is that the one where there's smoke coming out of the guy's ears because he's so no. berserk? No, um, no. And his hat's but... kind of shooting off the top of his head. <laughs> it is a throwback to the original one of the games when they did them in red. Yeah. Of, of uh, at regular SL, squad leader. Look, folks, um, we know you've got money. We know you've got money. Some of you do. You buy coffee. You buy lunch. You take your wife out to dinner. Just knock all that stuff off. Go to Broken Ground website, buy some stuff, then go over to Bounding Fire Productions and spend the breast there. Your wife will love you for it. She'll thank you for it. Because <laughs> it'll keep you so busy you won't bother her yeah, anymore. Exactly right. Anymore. So next show we'll bring another counter set of Bounding Fire uh, Broken Ground to look at. Yes. And review. So all right. What does it mean? Letters. Wanderer, or the wanderer, wander, 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 wander. Letters written by the finest listeners in podcast dumb. Podcast dumb. Written beautifully in languages from the planet Earth. 
from the most wonderful listeners and best-looking listeners in the der world. Best people yeah. you could ever have. Yeah. And I have a letter from Ryan Ellett. It says, another fine episode with 218, Jeff's opening tune. Sent me through a box of tissues, Jeff. What song was that you played? Long May We Run. Uh-huh. And I was getting all choked up. Were you really? Yes. Have you gotten choked up? No, I haven't. <laughs> Not from that, Gee, no. we can tell whom this relationship means more to. Yeah. Me and Ryan Ellett. Not you. <laughs> Maybe I need to go listen you, to it again. You understand why? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's got some depth to it. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was definitely a tribute. Yeah, it's yeah. a tribute to you and me. And uh Brian, I agree with you. I got the deep emotional quality of it. He also says it happened I picked up both your recently reviewed Corrigador and LFT fourteen at Kansas City's March Madness tournament yesterday, which of course was a while ago now. Yeah. I mentioned this to your shame, as neither of you made the long-awaited appearance, and we even left the table empty for your use. Oh, my gosh. Jeff, how did we screw that up? It's the table of honor, the empty table. (laughs) No, but really, we we apologize, don't we? We do. Yeah, absolutely. Early on, we said things like, oh, we got to go. Yeah. Let's go, which I think we meant. We did. But then... Which was tough. It gets to yeah. where Next we year, didn't go. And we weren't clear enough to say, yeah. let's be clear, we're not going to make this tournament. We might make this one. Right. So, But he says, continue your triumphant run of interviews. I'd like to encourage you to get in touch with Paul Works, central member of the Kansas City Club. So that's what we got to do, Paul. Let's do In fact, you go ahead and email us right now. Okay? You're the organizer of the tournament. You're heavily involved in the development of the Korean War module. We'd like to meet you. Yeah, we would. And talk to you. And he also has an idea for shows from ideas and thoughts from old-time players about how play styles have changed and evolved. That that's, could be a good topic. Yeah, that could be a very good topic. So you old-timers out there, get out your quill and ink and parchment. Yeah, and, and thoughts about like how the rules evolve out differently, like Slee's vehicle. Yeah. I think people didn't realize how the guy couldn't shoot out until whatever. But he says, I went 0-2 against everyone's favorite blogger, Grumble Jones, at Marsh uh, Madness. Grumble, yes. And hopefully some of my inopportune boxcars will make his blog. Clink and Drinky says, till next March. I think he... Wants us to get there next year. Okay. Keep that table open. Thank you very much, Ryan. I have a letter here from Eric, who writes, Thank you for all you do for the hobby. I recently found an ASL community here in Colorado, and I'm really enjoying getting soundly defeated. But now usually face-to-face. Best, Eric. Well, Eric, glad you found a community. We're sorry you're getting soundly defeated, and hopefully you will... uh, get past that and start winning some games. We'd like you to keep up with us. Let us know how things are going. We want to know when you're winning. We do indeed. Jeff, can you take the one from Joe Myers also yes. there? Joe Myers writes and writes, Hi, Dave and Jeff. I am totally new to ASL, and I believe a relative youngster in the game, in the genre, at 33 years old. 
I just bought ASL Starter Kit 1 three weeks ago on a whim. I've only just started exploring wargaming a few months ago for the first time, having now played Memoir 44 and currently twiddling my thumbs while I wait impatiently over for over six months for some other game to print and ship. Yeah, it's the starter kits that aren't available, yeah. I think, yeah. I got so fed up with the weight that I pulled the trigger and decided to just dive into the world of ASL. Okay, so mm. he was waiting for some other mm, game mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. got tired of waiting. I've heard so much about ASL in forums, etc., but thought it would be totally unobtainable for a newbie like myself. I immediately started listening to the two half-squads in order to jumpstart my learning, and you two have been a huge help in my progress. Huge. Starting with the first episode, I've now listened to 16 episodes and intend to listen to all of them in order. But I decided I should cheat and skip ahead to listen to your most recent episode, 218. I've played five full games now, and your advice on avoiding stacks, leading from the front versus the rear, the importance of throwing smoke, etc., have been very useful to me. I really like the game, and it's starting to click, and I can already feel myself getting sucked into this incredible game. And, you know, I can honestly say all those great ideas that we had on this show, we got from someone else. Yes, we did. (laughs) Nothing here is original. Uh, he he goes on. He says he's even convinced his wife to play a game. What? Yeah. How about that? Keep up the good work. I hope to hear from you again in about another 200 hours of podcast. <laughs> Wishing you both another 200 episodes of success in the future. Thank you very much, sir. Hugs and kisses. Wonderful. He doesn't say that. I add that. Uh, well, hugs and kisses. That. Joe Myers. Excellent. Thank you very Thanks, much, Joe. sir. I have one from Alan. Alan, maker of Broken Ground Production or Design, says, "Don't forget to find the single man counter named in honor of John Hill and Bill Fish Connor. Each nationality has them, and all infantry with white morale are fanatic." So he's helping us to clarify, you know, I, John Hill and Bill Fish Connor, excellent choices to have in every nationality. Thank you, Alan, and thank you for those fine products. Now, here we have somebody who has called in and left a voice on our voice message system. It's Jack, the the Hong Kong Wargamer. Hello, Dave and Jeff, and also Jeff and Dave. This is Jack, the Hong Kong Wargamer. Just want to be able to actually tell you formally about the Malaya Madman Tournament on July 26th in Singapore. Woo! Come over, meet your ASL brothers, see how everybody is doing, play a few games, have a lot of great food. I mean, we're talking Singapore here. Best food in Asia, I've yeah. got to say. Win a few prices, go home and be happy for the rest of the year. So, <laughs> July 26th in Singapore, the Malaya Madman. I'll see you guys there. Mark your calendars, everybody. That is a date to remember. And we would love to get there, but oh, we're man. not going to make it this year. So, just to be clear about that. You don't think that's going to happen, huh? No. No, I agree. Next but wouldn't year, that be fun? Maybe. I mean, and Jack makes it sound, I'm sure it's super fun, but I'm really looking forward to meeting Jack someday. And, yes. Uh, and getting there because he sounds like a fun guy and it sounds like they have a lot of great uh, gaming. 
Yes, indeed. Am I falling asleep here? I don't know. Jeff, can wake you, up. you check the next email? Yes, I can. Above that. Sugar. <laughs> Did it come up? Did it open? Oh, yeah. What is it? Adult. Oh, my gosh. What is it? We got spammed on. I don't know. Yes, we got spammed on Patreon. No, it's a listener. What? Adult sugar? What is it? It's a picture of a woman? It's a scantily clad lassie. <laughs> and it says what on it? Thanks? There, it says good, and then with a kiss mark. A kiss <laughs> icon, emoji. You think that's a... Or is that a Sugar Tanks reference? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I Not with a body like that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I left it for you to see. Oh, and I look it up now on Patreon. That that page has been removed. Oh, so it was a real yeah, spam yeah, thing. It was a spam thing. Oh, I thought yeah. it was. You know, with our listeners, folks, you never can tell what possible. you guys are up to. So, but I'll like, be looking for this person at the next uh, tournament, most definitely. And I'd like to thank Louis P for his wonderful support. Again, one time, wonderful support though, through Patreon. No, through PayPal. That's not our way to do it. Uh, and he adds a note. Keep up the great work. Really enjoy the show with all the entertainment options in the world today. The only show I consistently check to see if a new episode is available is South Park. And by South Park, <laughs> I mean by South Park, I mean the two half squads. Oh, that's nice. That's what he said. Very flattering. Thank you for that. Adult sugar. What's the next one? <laughs> yeah, adult sugar. What was that about? Uh, it's the Hong Kong War Gamer from Hong Kong War Gamer. We just covered it audially. Blogger? Yes, uh, Jeff and Dave. Or is it Dave and Jeff? Did I cover both oh. options? Yes. I think you guys have been fundamentally instrumental in getting me motivated to get back into the game. Or just get into the game, period. I've been collecting this stuff since 1981 and have all the MMP stuff and some of the... BF and LFT stuff. I just got back from March Madness, my first ASL tournament, and met the nicest bunch of guys ever. They were patient with my inexperience, and it was a wonderful, relaxing experience. I'm registered for the Chengdu tournament because I'll be in China at that time anyway. Wow, how cool is that? But I'm thinking of the ASL Open instead. Haven't made up my mind yet. Maybe I'll do both. Oh, Anyway, cheers, and hopefully meet you soon. Wayne Spriggs. Thank I don't, you, Wayne. I don't think Wayne made it. I think if he had, uh, somebody would have pointed him out, or he would have. Hopefully he would have grabbed me, yeah. but I was only there for a few hours. He probably would have uh, made himself known to Dave Goldman, and Dave would have let us know. But so, I have one from oh, Louis. Cool, though. He's going to, I'm going to be in China anyway. Wow, that's <laughs> something I don't Coincidence? Often say. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Uh, Louis does say, I was just on your site and noticed two omissions. Episodes 6162 do not appear. I was able to get them through the quick ass access link at the top of the page. So the audio does exist. They just don't appear on the regular part of the site. Well, maybe I can look into that later. But thank you for sharing how to access them, reminding us about the quick access link. And he says he votes for Jeff and Dave. Instead hmm. of Dave and Jeff. Ah, when you have two single-syllable names, you need to end the one that's easier to stretch. With Jeff, you have to hang on to the F. So Dave and Jeff is more difficult. You're experiencing a me- sounds like you're experiencing a medical condition. With a long A sound, you can hang on the middle portion of Dave's name. So you sound cool and hip. 
you know, like Piano Man, oh, Jeff and Dave. Dave. Jeff and Dave. <laughs> Dave so and anyway, <laughs> thanks for the wrong suggestion, Louie. <laughs> wrong. Now I'm willing to concede, I think, Jeff and Dave. Dave and Jeff. I don't know. We answer either way. But it's it's been a fun uh, argument. Do you have another? I've got one from Mitch here. Mitch writes, hi there, Jeff and Dave. I mean, Dave and Jeff. I've been a longtime listener and really enjoy your podcast. It wouldn't have, if it wouldn't have been for your podcast, I would have given up ASL long ago. I started listening to your podcast in 2015 and finally got caught up last year. I have a 30-minute commute to work, and your show makes for an enjoyable drive. I originally bought Starter Kit 1 back in 2014 and through online assistance was able to learn the rules. However, it was your podcast that convinced me to purchase the full rule set and find another ASL gamer near me. Wow. Hear that, MMP? That's what he writes. And I have to say, also, hear that, MMP? Dave, do you have anything to say? Do you hear that, MMP? Pay attention, MMP. <laughs> I have one Anyway, for- uh, Sorry, Mitch goes on. He says, please put me down for an entry in your contest, which Done, we did. But you lost. Mitch, and I'm sorry you did not win. Thank you for all you do for the ASL community. I'm always looking forward to your next episode of your podcast, so keep them coming. P.S. Dave, I wouldn't get too hung up on the order. As with most things in life, the best is usually saved for last. Indeed. So, Jeff and Dave. And I have one from Classifica Permanente ASL Italia. Ooh. They left a comment on our post. I am an aficionado listener of your podcast happy you talked about lft 14 keep up the good work from pialo cariolato oh very good and pialo thank you very much to check and we do know we yeah. have some listeners in in, in italy that is nice to wonderful know. italy that we will visit someday yes we will thank you so much for writing we appreciate that and if you would like to send a little message to lft and remind them any product sent to the two half squads will be reviewed on the show. Then we won't have to purchase their stuff, which we don't mind. I don't mind doing. No, no, no. Jeff's not a zany anyway. ASLer like me. I buy a lot of stuff. Way more than I can play. True, true. Th- thanks to our Patreoners. And so, yes, and thank you, Pialo. Big Al wrote a comment on our episode 217, Access and Arnhem. He writes, uh, hey, Jeff and Dave, I think the order should be alphabetical. Ooh. Well, that's simple, but Back effective. to Dave and Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> and the last letter is from Preston, and it came in one hour ago after he won last oh. episode. <laughs> yeah. Not really game-related, but he says his family does theater. <laughs> I just wanted to share it. And he said his daughter's directed a number of children's musicals and empathizes with us, Jeff and I, talking about this on parental involvement. In fact, it has led to some problems getting directors for the children's show. So, ASL listeners, I know it's not much about rolling dice, but remind yourselves, don't harass the directors of your local plays. And that probably goes for all your sports teams, coaches, too. Um here, here. But he does mention, as to game material, um, suggests that we have any Coastal Fortress stuff, we could use it as a prize. We would like to get more Coastal 
fortress stuff. I think do we? I think we have one in my house. Yes, there's one at your house. Yeah, so I we'll have to bring that out too. Um, and feel free to send us more Coast of Fortress product. And do we do we still need to do the weather rules, Jeff? He asks. Yes, we do. We do. So, we. yeah, we're gonna finish we. off terrain time in order, and uh, go back to A, B, C, and D chapters and finish out all those segments. And we've done parts of the weather section, like paratroopers, I think, but we'll get into more of that. So. And when we get all of the rules done, we're going to go back and do them again, only this time correctly. <laughs> Just that'll, to be crazy. It'll never happen. Dave, when you need to scratch your ASL itch, uh-huh. where do you where do you go? I have to go somewhere where there's fast service. Yes. Somewhere where the store clerks are very nice. Nice clerks, yep. Somewhere where I'm going to get good ASL bang for my buck. Yep. And selection. And free shipping. X. So here's where I go. Where do you go, I'll, Jeff? I'll let you in on a little secret. Don't tell anybody. Ritter Creek. What is that again? Ritter Creek. Ritter Creek. Rittercreek.com. They've got selection. They've got fast shipping. They've got, what was the other thing you asked for? Friendly clerks. Friendly clerks. I'm talking friendly. <laughs> They're great at Ritter Creek. they got all kinds of stuff. It's a great website to go and peruse around. And ASL stuff galore. And free shipping now. Free shipping. Who which can is, possibly yeah. beat that? Now, we want you to go to your local neighborhood gaming store and support them any way you can. If you got one anymore. But if there's ASL to be had... Go to Ritter Creek. RitterCreek.com. Yep. Hello, boys and girls. It's Terrain Time. Terrain Time. I love it. I love the way they sing it. The two half squads. Singers, Singers indeed. Amazing. Awesome. And it's amazing Terrain how they sounded time. like you a while back playing the guitar and singing that Long May We Run. They do sounded it. just like you. They do. The ladies. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to put together, get, get a glee club going. The two half squads glee club. I don't like like the word glee. Oh, no? No. no. You know, I don't like the word grin. <laughs> Why? I don't know. When I see it, when I'm reading a novel and it says, so-and-so grinned. Okay. And I don't like it. The <laughs> only time... Grin should be used, I think, is referring to a skull. Yeah. And I showed this clip at school at the end of World War One. A guy's walking through the battlefield, the remains of people and bones and everything. And he picks up a skull and he does this great meditation like Hamlet. You know, I found the skull and it's easy to pick up. There's a hole in the cranium and you can say, scoop it up and you look at it and it 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 lacks the lower jaw. So instead of grinning at you, it looks angry with a eternal grievance. Oh, is that good writing? That's good. Oh, and yeah. you see it right in your head. Yeah. A skull without the jaw. Yeah, without the lower jaw. Is angry. Yeah. And then once you throw the jaw on a skeleton, a skull, it's grinning at yeah. you. Yeah, suddenly. that's true. Yeah. So anyway, 
<laughs> Your grin, yeah. Yeah. And glee. Grin and glee. Okay, we're going to strike those from the language. Anyway, it's terrain time, Dave. Guess what? What You got something? Uh, I am going to talk about narrow streets. How narrow are they? And who would have thought there would be so much about narrow streets? And How you, complicated are they? Well, they're they're not all that complicated. I will I will say I have to say. I can remember first reading about narrow streets when I back when I was first learning squad leader. I liked it fine. It was all all great, having a good time. And then I came upon some scenario or other where I had to play narrow streets. It was village terrain. It was the first time I'd encou- encountered it, and I read the rules and I thought. This game is awesome. Oh, good. I don't know what it was about it, but I just think, you know, the fact that they made that little extra effort to cover this very significant architectural, uh, or whatever you would call it, urban design of Europe. They're very teeny streets in Spain when we went. Yeah. And apparently uh, in the original squad leader rules and first for advanced squad leader, they didn't have these narrow streets. I guess it came up first in Red Barricade's and then Doom Battalions and Pegasus Bridge had some areas where there were, they had narrow street rules. And they thought, well, we'll just start designing it in, put it in with the, the main rules in Chapter B. And starting with, I think, Board 45 and on, it, they appear hmm. here and there on the boards. So let's get started. There will be a little bit of a quiz show and some just other stuff in our usual haphazard manner. So got your ringer Ready. Ready. A narrow street is represented by a road depiction overprinting one hex side. So, where you would normally see a hex side, you see a street. Now, let me hand you a board, Dave. Certainly. This is board one, and I'm going to ask you to look at hex A5 and A6. Speaking of board one, guys were playing Streets of Stalingrad. Oh, were they? Several people. Oh, wow. At the tourney. You never get tired of that one. Yeah, yeah. The tractor works. I want to play that again. Yeah. What was your question? A5 and 6. A. This is board 1, Jeff. Board 1. A5. It has nothing to do with... It actually does. No. A5 and 6. Yeah. Well, yeah. Going off the board... A narrow street is, is represented street. by a road depiction overprinting one hex side. But doesn't there have to be a building on both sides then? Yeah. Ring the bell. <laughs> That's right. Buildings need to be uh-huh. in both hexes in order for it to be narrow streets. That was brilliant. So, so you can see that, and actually it's on both ends of the board, on GG. Is that GG? Yeah. They had to put it. Yeah. Did they have that to do like that? That looks like a narrow street as well. I mean, that. That, because it's going down that hex side. Technically, yes. It is not, in fact. Movement. A narrow street is always how many lanes, Dave? How many lanes on a narrow street? One. Very good. So the same restrictions kind of apply as if the the road was a one-lane bridge. Lane bridge, bridge. okay. All right. A unit bypassing along a narrow street hex side is always assumed to be on the road within its hex side. True. Yes, and you've got to, so you've got to look at your bypass a little bit differently than you would, obviously, if you were doing bypass on a normal hex. Mm-hmm. So you're still on the road. Yes. Okay. Uh, now, if that hex side is also a crest line hex side, then 
you're on the lower of the two hexes. Got it. Let's see. Is that what that says? If that hex side is also a crest line hex side in the lower of those two hexes. I, I don't know why I wrote it that way, but but I think I, it would be yeah. Um, vehicle bypass movement along a narrow street is that allowed or not allowed? Um, yes, you're always using it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you are always using it. Oh, well, okay. Does it cost us well the same? It costs points? half the normal bypass oh, movement points go. expenditure. Okay, so you don't have to pay the yeah. double. What about infantry and cavalry bypassing along a narrow street? Do they pay the normal bypass movement costs, or do they pay more or less? Uh, the normal, because it's normal. Very very correct. <laughs> Not just correct, very correct. Can you dash across a narrow street? Yes. No. <sighs> there is no dashing across. Now, you would think... Of course you can. It's narrow. You can. It, I've been on those streets in Spain. Dish. You could fly across that thing in yeah, no time at two all. Two steps. But the reason why they don't is they don't want to get things mixed up with snapshot. Okay. Because also because you're crossing that hex side, that's that's when you could take a snapshot. You're going oh, between. Correct. You know, you know they can see you between two buildings. Yeah. So they decided that uh, dashing is na. Now, this I thought was interesting. Is, is, let's see. I think this is the one. There were a couple things that just didn't quite make sense. but It's all interesting to yeah. me, Jeff. Smoke in either or both of the two ground-level locations common to a narrow street hex side adds an extra movement factor or movement point to the cost of using bypass along that hex side. So if there's... Yes. Yes, if there's smoke. But only once, even if there's smoke on both hexes. That's right. You don't double it. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> Never too late. Okay, there are some movement restrictions along narrow streets. Turret-covered arc. So, can you go down a narrow street if your turret is turned? No. That is sometimes correct and sometimes not. Short. Barrel? Yes. Exactly. So if your main armament caliber is larger or equal to or larger than... Ooh, caliber? Yeah. Uh, 37. No, uh, 70, 45. 50, 50. Because it's a nice number yeah. in the middle between 0 and 150. Yeah. Easy to remember. So if it's longer or equal to 50 and a barrel length of other than... Um, Short. Right. Okay. Um, may not be, may not, may be not stopped on a narrow street only if its TCA coincides with its VCA or the rear <clears throat> VCA. So in so other moving, words, you have to yes. have your main armament lined up with the, with if it's the over the f- 50 and the not short. Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. Which makes sense. Cause otherwise if it was turned sideways, you'd be scraping it along the walls and, and you would be causing I mean, all kinds again, of damage I can't to your rem- main armament. I can't believe how... Narrow. Some of those streets were in yeah. Spain. Now the turret, uh, turret covered arc change. A vehicle with a main armament caliber, like we just said, of greater than fifty, attempting to change its turret covered arc rel- relative to its vehicle covered arc while on a narrow street, must first make a final TCA change die roll. 
And the number you have to get less than or Ooh. equal to is? I forgot this. Uh, seven? Well, it's a it's single die roll. Oh, then 50%, three. <clears throat> three is correct. So you can turn your covered arc while you're going down there. but uh, can be tricky. Yeah. Yes, it can. I guess then that's only Fun. if you're stopped. That's great. Okay, yeah. You would have to okay. be stopped in order to do that. And that reminds me of that scene from Remember, Kelly, Kelly's I, Heroes. I just thought of it. Yeah. The turrets hitting the building. Yeah. And the, the gun barrels hitting the building. And a maximum of two such die roll per vehicle may be made per phase. So in its movement phase, each failed TCA change attempt costs the vehicle two movement points. Okay. So... Because you're sitting there trying to turn a thing and yeah. waiting to see. Yeah. And there are actually some die roll modifiers that can apply to this. Ooh. So, and this is going to depend on your barrel length. So, for instance, if you have the LL barrel length. Like I do. Yes, you do. <laughs> and it shows. We'll have to get a picture of that. Um. You add a two to the die roll modifier as a die roll modifier. Okay, then so, let me guess. Is the regular long a yeah. one? Yes. The and the star or the no special barrel length zero. It's actually a neg one. Okay. Now here's an interesting one. If you have an armor leader, mm-hmm. can he affect this turn ability? Your TCA change. Yes. That's right. So you add the armor leader modifier. Like, I guess he's up there directing. Yeah, he knows how to do yeah. this. Like, uh, you're, you're going to make it, you're not going to make it. Uh, elevate the barrel a little bit or whatever to get over this. Yeah, that could help. Yeah. Um, if you're buttoned up, is that going to make any difference? Uh, I would say yes, and it's a minus. Uh, it wouldn't be a minus. It'd be harder if you're buttoned up. So, the yeah, that's it's what a, I meant, harder. Yeah, plus one. Yeah. Right. I don't think I've ever done that. Probably it's one of those things, like you say, let's just keep the game moving. <laughs> don't turn your barrel there. Yeah. If you just go to the next section, you can do it without having to. But I can definitely see why this would have some impact if you're... You got your barrel set up the wrong way when somebody's jumping out behind you and you I, want to be turning around. And I do think when I played the narrow streets, I went ahead and was aware of this die roll and did try to keep my tanks back a hex on that narrow street to face that building with a VCA rather than having to deal with it. But when guys come around your sides and they're trying yeah. to jump on you and street fighting and right. all that, you're going to have to try and turn. Now, there's a vehicle-covered arc change um, is as follows. May a motorcycle change its vehicle-covered arc? It's Yes. Yes. It expends a quarter Ooh. of its movement points, while a very small target-sized vehicle may expend half of yeah. its printed movement points to change its vehicle-covered arc. And you change... How far can you change... Your vehicle covered arc in a narrow street. Well, one hex side as many times as you want, all the way. Uh, no, it's, is it restricted? Well, it's all. It's 180 degrees. Okay. Yeah. So you expend half 
or a quarter, depending. So it's a motorcycle. You spend a quarter of your movement points. You turn around 180 degrees. Okay. So it's not partial. You don't get partially turned and then get yeah, stuck. You just or, turn. Yeah. yeah. No other vehicle type may change its vehicle covered arc, nor may any vehicle change its vehicle covered arc as part of a motion attempt while on an air street. Oh, because so, right, normally you can motion attempt, turn. Yeah. Because it's going to take longer th- than a quick turn that you do as a reaction thing with a motion attempt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and your vehicle is might be too big to make the turn at all. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's what they're thinking there. Yes. A vehicle towing a gun or trailer, can that use vehicle bypass movement along a narrow street? No. You are incorrect. Oh. It may. Hmm. However, such a gun cannot be unhooked while in bypass during play. And I wouldn't oh, do yeah. it just because it's going to get too complicated. That would, that would, that would right. Where's it's facing? It's yeah. sitting now. Is it got? A, yeah. yeah. Which hex is it in? Yeah. You know. A trailer may be unhooked while in bypass during play, but only by the crew of the vehicle towing it. Okay. While, while yeah, okay. Now unloading. Would you be unloading PRC mm. in a narrow street? I'm going to guess yes, and then it'll tell us what building you're in. Yeah. So PRC may unload uh, from or onto a vehicle, so load or unload from or onto a vehicle in a narrow street into either or both of the ground level locations forming that hex site. Oh, so you can have some both. go one side and some okay. go the other way. Good. That sounds good. As you might suspect, rubble can also uh, affect What's happening on your narrow street? All oh. bypass along a narrow street hex side is NA. Blocked. If either or both of the hex hexes forming that hex size contain... Rubble. Rubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Or a vehicle wreck. Oh, okay, yeah. Or a blaze counter. Okay. What about if you had a pile of dead squads in there? Could the bodies block the... Um, No. Oh. But like a beaver dam, if, wood. Okay. Yeah. Or and the wood from the beaver dam. How much wood would a wood chuck chuck? Yeah. So, <laughs> and then you just use the roadblock rules, yeah. right? If the beavers were in there? That's right. <laughs> Give you the ring for the dumbest answer. Can you remove a wreck or immobile vehicle on a, from a narrow street? No. Correct. You may not. Even the Meineke guy, if he shows up with his tow truck, (laughs) cannot get it done. Okay, attack effects. Let's see. The following special cases apply to attacks. Fire versus a fire target in a bypass or a narrow street. So, smoke. Smoke and residual firepower Mm. in either of the two ground level locations common to a narrow street hex side can affect a unit in bypass along that hex side. So it can be yes, either side, yes. However, if each such location contains smoke, residual firepower of a different strength from that... Oh, yeah. What about that? Go with the highest? Which, yes. All right. Ooh. Which I th- find kind of odd. I wonder why they did that. 
Well, the benefit of the uh, goes to the um, so you're bypassing on the life. There. The higher the higher smoke factor, let's say, is on the the other side. I don't know. I'm not going to argue with him. If Perry calls, I'll argue with him. If he doesn't call, I won't. Okay, a vehicle on a narrow street is subject to street fighting when attacked in close combat. Is that yeah, true or not? Yes, it's true. Yeah. Um, and so let me read the whole rule there. A vehicle on a narrow street is subject to street fighting when attacked in close combat, including close combat reaction fire, if its attacker occupies the ground level of a building in one of the two hexes common to that narrow street hex side. So, yeah. A plus one die roll modifier applies to all close combat on the tank CMG huh? attacks by a vehicle currently uh-huh. in close combat or melee on a narrow street. Yep, makes sense. Can be much less maneuverable. Now, here's one you probably didn't know: fortifications not normally allowed in a paved road hex may be placed in a hex with one or more paved narrow street hex side unless prohibited by other terrain in the hex. So, fortification uh-huh. I'll say it again. Fortifications yeah. not normally allowed on a paved road uh-huh. like. may be placed on a narrow street hex side. So now that means AP, AP mines? mines? That's, That's what where I was, I was going because we just did that. That was the first thing I thought of. And I was trying to think of other fortifications that you could not put on a paved road, which would be entrenchment. Uh, entrenchments, oh, yeah. but I, I couldn't think of another one. I no, think that those are I'm the only two. Stuck. Yeah, listeners, let us know what you think. Yeah, so that makes me wonder: Can you put an entrenchment, the foxhole, in a narrow street that's paved? That leads me to believe that you can. But boy, I'd like to know. Yeah, for sure. So if you know, call us or come over. We'll be here. We're here 9 to 5 on weekdays. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and we're closed from noon till 1 to watch classic movies. And, and holidays. Lunch. Yeah. Roadblocks. A roadblock may be placed across a narrow street. Yes. For line of sight and movement purposes, the roadblock is considered to extend, extend from center dot of the two hexes or just to the hex sides? I'm throwing my hands up like... I tried to turn that into a question, but it doesn't really make to, sense. To the hex sides? No. To the center dots? Yes. Okay. So the roadblock... There's no two hex sides? No, that's right. That's why okay. I, that's why, that's, oh, that's why I didn't really You tricked sense. me, Mr. Wizard. If you have a roadblock going across a narrow street... Can somebody have wall advantage on that roadblock? Um, that one is a no because <clears throat> you can't just hang out there. You have to be in one of the hex. Yeah, hexes you got to be the dots. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think that's why that they did that. That seems right to me. Um, would that roadblock provide TEM? Uh, if there's cases where you're shooting down the street, yes. But it provides no TEM versus indirect fire. Okay. Or residual firepower. Okay. Okay. So, as a non-bypassing unit crosses a hex site that is straddled by a narrow street roadblock, it must declare a vertex of that hex site in order to establish 
versus any ensuing snapshot. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So if, if you're coming shooting from the other side of the roadblock, right, you wouldn't get it if you're shooting at that vertex from the side protected by the roadblock. Right. Would you get it? Yeah. Okay. You would. That's right. Which is really picky uni. But but visually obvious. Yes. Right? Yeah. Well, I'm on this side. Right. It's just hard to say that. So you have to declare, I mean, the person uh, running across there would have to declare which side they're going on yes. before the shot. Right. Yeah. Line of sight to such a roadblock requires line of sight to the entire straddled hex side. And I think there's just a couple of others. Uh, removal. Okay. Sappers get an egg, too. Can you do a clearance attempt versus a narrow street roadblock? Yes. Yes, you can. From any of the four ground-level locations that touch the straddled hex side. Oh, okay. A unit wishing to use a, a DC to eliminate a narrow street roadblock must occupy one of the three hexes that form a vertex to the straddled hex side. Okay. Like, what? I First I thought, what? And then I got my map out. And you looked, looked at, at it. it. And I thought, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It just puts you next to it. It sounds complicated, but sometimes you get the map out and look at it. Yeah. It definitely makes sense. And they must declare an attempt to eliminate it. The DC is then placed or thrown or set versus the vertex and can affect nothing but the roadblock when it detonates. So anything around oh, there the is bil- affected. The building seems close because it's right. a narrow street, but it's normal. Okay. Right. Direct fire ordinance can eliminate a narrow street roadblock, but only if the fire firer has line of sight to the entire straddled hex side and declares the roadblock as its sole target prior to firing. Okay. And then the attack can affect nothing but the roadblock. Okay. Yeah. Um, mines. Let's see. This is the last bit. All mines set up in a hex that can... All mines set up in a hex that contains one or more paved narrow street hexide must be placed on map revealed with the strength of that minefield displayed, unless all the narrow street hexides of that hex are also crestline hexides. Which gives you a space above to put those on that's not paved. And that answered our, our thought from earlier that fortifications have to be shown put on that remember the yes paved narrow street but now it's clarifying except for these ap mines which can still be oh no it says they do have to be placed they do have to be placed visually visually you can see them okay yeah can you remove revealed mines on a narrow street uh sure you cannot oh don't know why. Mine clearance? No. Yeah. Okay. It says it's N-A. Now, th- this one surprised me. Okay. Uh, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Mine's in either the two hex, because this kind of goes back similar to what the smoke thing was, where we said if there's smoke in two of the hexes or, it applies uh, or, once. or residual firepower, use the higher one mm-hmm. against you. Now, in mines, it says, mine's in either the two hexes common to a narrow street, 
can possibly affect a unit using bypass along that hex side. However, if each such hex contains mines of the same type but different strength from that in the other location, only the higher strength can be used to attack the unit. That makes sense. That, that's same similar to what we said previously. Yeah. Then they go, they have an example here that says that there's an illustration. And it says if there are a minefield of 6, 8, and 12 factors in these three hexes next to this uh, narrow street, bypassing units going into this first hex where there's 6 are attacked with the 6, not with the highest. They're attacked with the 6. So I'm going to have to ask you to look at this uh, with me later. Okay. Maybe we can refer back to that. Last thing, placing rubble counter in a hex that contains a narrow street hex side eliminates any roadblock across that hex side. Sure, it would be unnecessary anymore anyway, I yeah. think. And it affects all units and equipment currently in bypass along that hex side. Oh, like a rubble, yeah, falling yeah, so rubble thing. Yeah, so they by falling rubble. Excellent. And, and it also eliminates all mines along that hex side. Okay, which in both hexes. Sense. Yeah, yeah. So that's it for narrow streets, quite a bit. A lot of little detail stuff, but it makes it fun. Yeah, but fun. Again, like you said, you know, get that narrow street concept. Turning that turret's got to be a lot of fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So get out there and play with your narrow streets. Hey, Dave, this was a great idea to get out of the house for a change and come to this cool nightclub. This is really amazing, Jeffrey, except I am blinded by the disco ball. Well, as soon as your eyes get back and adjust to the light, look at those girls over there. Oh, I can see them now. Look at them, Jeffrey. Maybe they would go out with us. Do you think they would? They would never go out with us. What do we have to offer them? Maybe we could offer them some Bounding Fire Productions products. Oh, why, of course, Bounding Fire produces only the best thoroughly play-tested action-packed scenarios Mm -hmm. and campaigns. Mm -hmm. They're committed to customer service. That's right. How could anybody possibly resist something from Bounding Fire Productions? They could not. We could give them our lines, you know, our pickup lines, like, um, Hey, girls, you want to go into the rubble? Oh, that's a good one, Dave. Or how about if I said, Hey, ladies, let's go to the high ground. Oh, that would work every time. We can put the Operation Cobra into work here now to help us achieve our objective Schmidt with these oh. lovely ladies. <laughs> That's so good. That's really good, Dave. Good thinking. Maybe they would want to see our crucible of steel. Oh, especially mine. I think so. And by the end of the night, Poland would be in flames. Oh, it's going to be a hot one tonight, Jeffrey. Let's go over there and talk so to excited. them. I'm so excited. Right, come on, go follow ahead. me. You, you, okay, go ahead. Hey, ladies. Uh, Do you want to go maybe not just to the beach, but beyond the beachhead? Ow! I hope that was uh, clear enough to everybody. I hope I didn't bore you too much with that. Not at all, uh, sir. Always good to keep up with those rules. So I think that wraps it up for this show, Dave. It does. Thank you. You look great, by the way. Thanks. Yeah. And you'll have to show me the longer barrel. (laughs) Certainly. But until next time, folks, we hope we hope oh, that Joe... Was that your chair? That's my chair, the ejector chair. Oh, it used to be over here on my yeah, side. Yeah, I know. I took it away from you because I didn't want you hurting oh, yourself feel, and suing me. I do. Me. I have felt much sturdier lately. Yeah. 
I don't want you hurting yourself. And you just like, Dave has been laid up in my basement for six weeks. Yeah, then you have to deal with me. Like, can't you get him out of my basement? Can you get a crane or something? Jeff, I need more soup. <laughs> well, anybody, well anyway, anyway, everybody, uh, uh, thanks hey. for listening. Yep, thanks for listening. And roll low. And roll low. Rally well. But, but not, not when, when you're playing, playing us. us. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. streets.